This is the Hear Me Out CC podcast, a place to hear stories from the deaf and hard of hearing people and from your host, Ahmed Khalifa. Welcome to episode 12 of the Hear Me Out CC podcast, where I'm going to be interviewing Lewis Vaughan Jones, who is a television news presenter for BBC News and BBC World News as well. And he had to adjust to a sudden hearing loss, which happened pretty much overnight. And you might be thinking, how can he be a television news presenter and have a hearing loss? It's kind of a complicated job. There's quite a lot of multitasking involved on TV and behind the scene. But Lewis goes through it and he also shares his story. It's a great interview, it's a great chat and you would love it. So let's get into it with the interview with Lewis Vaughan Jones. So Lewis, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining the show. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. I've been really excited to do this because I feel like you've got a lot to share. So I would love to start off with your journey towards your hearing loss and how did it happen in the build up to it? How did it? you know, make you feel. I would love to know, you know, from your perspective, your journey toward to suddenly losing your hearing. Yeah, well, sudden is, is the word. So it, won't, <laughs> it was a very quick journey. I arrived at the destination pretty quickly. Um, about a year ago now, just over a year ago, it was winter here in the UK and I had a cold, just a normal cold, wasn't particularly severe. It went on for a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, my ears, I just thought were blocked up and I, and I couldn't hear. Um, but like you always have a cold, you don't kind of think anything of it. And eventually I kind of went to my GP who referred me on. Um, and what happened is they think a virus had, had attacked the, um, the nerve inside the brain that obviously carries the, uh, the sound uh, into your brain and it wiped it out and it was gone and I couldn't hear anything. So I, I went from a state of normal hearing uh, for most of my life um, and then I was mid-30s and suddenly told that I would never hear again in my left ear um, and it was completely, well it was, it was, I was shocked, like I was going to say it was devastating and all that, it actually wasn't at the time, immediately, it was just complete incomprehension. I had no idea in my naivety, I had no idea that you could walk down the street and then uh, the next day lose your hearing completely uh, in in one of your ears and that's it. There's nothing they can do and that's you done. So when they told me in the hospital that this is what happened, I was kind of just bamboozled, flummoxed, just didn't didn't understand what was going on. Um, And the doctor was just really blunt. He said that that ear, that hearing is never coming back. Um, that tinnitus that you've got, that will be there forever. Try not to think about it um, <laughs> on your way. And that was it. And I walked out of the hospital and had to kind of deal deal with all that. Um, it was, it was yeah, really shocking. Wow. Uh, is it, I mean, did they say, is it a common thing to have, like, from one day you have normal hearing and then you have a cold and then the next day you have pretty much have a permanent damage to your nerve system in your ear is that did they say is it normal for you it's uh, it's certainly not normal but it's not unheard of mm-hmm. ha ha pun definitely in, uh, intended uh you know it's it's one of those things that it's rare but they knew exactly what it was right you know, sensory neural hearing loss is a thing um and 
people know about it, but mainly, you know, GPs don't know a great deal about it. Obviously, the wider public don't know much about it. I'd never heard of it. So I was, I was pretty unlucky. Uh, the reason I was doubly unlucky is I've got mixed hearing loss. So as well as the nerve uh, ending, stopping working, uh, my eardrum has gone as well. Right. And that's what the doctors were particularly um, interested in, you know, interested from their point of view. Um, and they said, Lewis, you're a very special case here. And the last thing you want to be in this place is a special case. Um, and what happened, you know, I have had damaged eardrums in both ears. When I was a kid, I had grommets. Um, you know, lots of people, you know, listening, I think will will relate to that kind of thing. Grommets and stuff and very scarred, damaged eardrums. Um, and I actually did have a, an operation to repair um, the eardrum in my left ear a few years ago. Um, and the doctors couldn't quite explain why. So there was a huge sudden drop off in my conductive hearing, basically, the, you know, the eardrum side of it mm -hmm. and the nerve at the same time. They just put it down to pure coincidence. The two things have nothing to do with each other. Um, and it was just kind of extraordinary bad timing that both seemed to drop off um, at the same time. And that was as best as they could get for an explanation. Um, and I, I was just surprised that we didn't know more. You know, having, having had kind of grommets when I was a kid and kind of grown up with, you know, and then, then had fine hearing my whole life, um, I've kind of been around ENT bits, but I, I'd done the hearing tests and things like that. I kind of just assumed we were a bit further along in the science of hearing and mm -hmm. hearing loss. I assumed there'd be more they could do. I kind of still feel like, oh, they will get it back. They will discover something and, and make me hear again in my left ear. Um, so my complete naivety and, and stupidity, I didn't realise that there's actually not only a limit to what they can do, there's a big limit in their understanding of what even causes it. You yeah. know, a virus for the cold is their best guess, they said. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was kind of shocked shocked by all that. I'm sure, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm guessing that you don't really have anyone in your in your family, your friend, your circle no. of peers who has gone through the same thing or who's hard of hearing or deaf. I'm guessing you are the only no. one that you know of who's gone I, through this. Yeah, in my in, in my you're absolutely right. In my family and my friendship groups, I'm the only one who wears a hearing aid, and I'm the only one who has any kind of um, significant um, issues with it, and certainly with with sensory, you know, sudden sensory neural hearing loss. Uh, the only one. I mean, the, the lovely thing about uh, this happening um, is through work. I've met now people. Um, you know, hearing aid users, um, deaf, hard of hearing people um, who have just been absolutely brilliant, um, as you can imagine, welcoming me into the fold. And uh, <laughs> I've just been, you know, just beyond kind. And um, and the whole workplace, you know, has, has been really kind to me. The, the BBC and ITN, I'm a freelance newsreader, so I, I work um, at both, but predominantly at the BBC. And they were fantastic. You know, my my first fear when I when I lost my hearing, as as you can understand, was I'm not going to be able to work again. Yeah. You know, I I wear a, an earpiece in my ear um, when I'm reading the news, and I need my other ear, my left ear, to hear guests, to hear guests in the studio, to hear the correspondents and reporters that I'm interviewing. And I suddenly thought, well, I, I can't do this. I need both. I've always used both my ears and I need them both. 
Um, I di- I just couldn't see how it was it was going to work. Um, but the BBC have made it work, um, and they've you know a workaround. So I've got this lovely bizarre situation now when reporters or guests come and sit next to me in the studio. Um, I have to explain to them that I can't hear them um, <laughs> in real life. But as soon as they put the microphone on, the sound from the microphone goes is relayed into the gallery. Right. And then it pumped through into my earpiece in my good ear. So we have this brilliant you know, few moments before we're live where I say, I can't hear a bloody word you're saying. Uh, I'm sure you're interesting and wonderful and lovely. And I guess we'll find out when we're live on it. And that's it. Um, so that's the way it's kind of, it's worked and is working, I'm delighted to say. And, and that was just such a, you know, a, a huge emotional relief, uh, knowing that I could carry on working, because that was the big, scary, I bet. Uh, scary thing right at the beginning. I was like, I can't see how this is going to work. So um, now, I mean, I'm, I'm hampered a little bit when, when things do go down. So occasionally, occasionally the earpiece in my right ear, my good ear, will, will cut out and stop working. And then I'm completely on my own. Then I, I can't hear anything. And I'm, you know, there with a camera pointed at me with whatever it is, tens of millions of people watching. And I can't hear anyone who's trying to tell me to do anything or say anything. So those little moments are are scary but they're few and far between thankfully of course i i i can understand because i mean you have grown up completely in the hearing world and then it just happened mm. overnight and i can understand the emotion physically mentally you're just all over the place and for someone like me i've pretty much mm. been with it all my life so i don't know any better but i guess for yeah. you i can totally appreciate that even for example in your social life you know you're saying that everyone around you is a hearing person so your social life has also changed instantly you know for oh, your, your dinner yeah. party your par- the bar the restaurant i mean how, how, did, how did you handle that what what did you do to kind of get over that situation yeah i still get a bit sad about that you know i i i think i've been pretty positive um since it's all happened and embraced it and i've lived with this now for about a year just over a year and overall i've been you know very happy to talk about it be open about it and, and be in that positive mindset and i, I think i'm pretty lucky I've, I've been managing to to maintain that but i have dips where i just get a bit frustrated and yeah. get a bit negative and a bit sad and they are around those exact moments and you know, I, I feel it sounds silly because it sounds trivial. Um, and that's what I can't quite get across. I've never been able to find the words to explain to people. It's like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, you just can't quite hear people when you're having dinner or you can't you don't go to the pub so often because it's a bit loud and you can't hear people. You know, oh, boo, boo, hoo, hoo. And, and you know, in the big scheme of things, of course, yes, there are, there are far worse things and it, it's not a big deal. But it's actually, you know, so many of your important life moments, those social moments, those just messing around with your mates, with your family, they all take place in those kind of, you know, if you're having a barbecue in the summer or dinner or in a pub and, and, and missing out on those yeah. does get, it does get me down a little bit. And especially as I'm, I'm Welsh. So I love rugby and the six nations every year, um, you know, it's a big kind of family ritual. I go back, you know, my mum and stepdad are back in Wales or my mates are back in Wales you know, we will always go back uh, and watch it. And it's our kind of like Christmas and Easter type thing. You know, it's our family time and, and, and it's a wonderful ritual. And it's just 
we like watching it in big loud pubs obviously when you're with your mates and you're and and i can only really hear the one person who's directly on my right hand side on my good ear and i can't hear anyone else um yeah. and you know you just miss out on those little jokes and little you know banter and people saying stuff and you know, you will have, you know, put up with this a lot, you know, a lot longer than I have. But there's, you feel like there's only so many times you can ask people to repeat things. And, you know, I feel quite lucky. I'm relatively, you know, confident and, and fine. I don't mind asking people to, to repeat things and things. But even I think, well, actually, you know, it's just a bit boring and a bit slow to have to, to stop and start. And, 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 I, and most of the time it's okay. Most of the time it's fine. But I just think, Sometimes I, you know, when I get home from an evening out or, or something like that, I'm just a bit, just a bit frustrated and a bit down that you know, that's that's not that the, the experience isn't what it used to be, yeah. Um, and and yeah, and and that I don't have an answer for it. You know, the the answers and the tools are, you know, making sure people are, are in my eye line so I can see their lips moving, not being afraid to ask them to repeat and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I know all that, but it's still. It's still, it's still not the same, and yeah, that it, it, it's it's difficult to describe, isn't it? But do you know what I mean about how it sounds a bit trivial, but actually it's quite fundamental to to being a you know a, a human being. It is. I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a basic human biological thing that you have. You want to connect with people. You want yeah. to be part of a group of people or a tribe or you know. And we are social people. We are social. So yeah, know, and. To suddenly be left out of that, you know, whether it's completely or a little bit left out of that, it's, it's hard. It's very yeah, hard. yeah. I totally On the other that. side, when I'm feeling antisocial, it's a very good excuse. I can pretend not to hear and head off home. <laughs> there, there are upsides to all this. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've actually used that excuse a few yeah. times. I mean, if <laughs> I have a, you know, an event or, and I'm thinking, you know what, that's not going to work for me, oh, I guess... I'll I'll pull yeah. out the death card or something. You know? Perfect, yeah, perfect. Got to use it. Got to use it. No, I, I can I can understand. You know the journey, the 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 social situation, and and the job and stuff like that. And mm. you know, it, I am really interested about in your job situation because, as you said, you know, you're working in the BBC and on TV, and you have on one side you have people talking to you face to face, and then you on you have on the other side you have the production team talking to you and. For me, it yeah. sounds it sounds like it's so mentally challenging because you know yourself when you have to listen extra hard, you get this thing called concentration fatigue, and you get really tired because yes. you are concentrating so hard. So, how do you do that? I, I'm, this is always something that I'm trying to get my head around when I watch you on TV. How did you manage to kind of focus two way conversation and you still pull it off in style? I suppose. Oh, that's very, very kind. I, I definitely didn't pay you to say that, but I'll, I'll pay you later. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think, I think I'm, I've been lucky because I, you know, working in TV for 15 years or so, you get used to talking about one thing whilst listening to someone else say something in your ear at the same time. Um, so it's actually something that I was, you know, weirdly kind of trained for. Um, with losing my hearing and having to kind of do all that in one ear. It's definitely harder, what I do now, having to process everything through just one ear whilst talking about usually a completely different subject at the same time. Um, But it's actually because of my job um, that I've been able to adapt fairly quickly. And I know, you know, my wife is a a newsreader as well, um, and she 
has the same um, routing. I, I, I want to avoid being technical and boring. But anyway, she kind of does it the same way, not because she has any problems with hearing, but just because that's the way that the studio is set up um, over in CNN. So she's used to it. I'm used to it. And it was actually, you know, when it happened, it did take a bit of adjustment. And it did take a bit of getting used to, yeah. but I'm not going to claim that I'm some uh, magical, um, super talented uh, newsreader that, that can do it. I'm, I'm just been doing it a long time. And so uh, when you know when I had to adjust to not being able to hear people with with two ears and, and only with one, um, it was it was more straightforward than I uh, I realised, and and certainly that I could have hoped um, because just you know just. Uh, the thought of not being able to 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 do my job was, yeah. Well, I got pretty low for a, for a few weeks when I thought that was going to be the case. Definitely, no, definitely. If you're passionate about something, you don't want to lose that. Mm. I get that. Mm. No, definitely. So then, I mean, I, I guess you know every every single person has their own challenges, you know, in in their workplace. So you've mentioned all these challenges that you've you said about you know you might not be able to hear the person directly in front of you until the microphone is mic'd up and things like that yeah. and then you you know sometimes we depend on other people to just tweak their style a little bit the employers they tweak their method a little bit so was yeah. there something in specific you know in terms of your employers your boss you know the bbc was there something in particular that they did to accommodate you just to make your job a little bit easier yeah, there's there's a couple of things on that. They I mean, they they've been absolutely brilliant. Um, but a couple of things that they they can't do much about. But I've had to make a little adjustment, or I've asked my colleagues to make a little judge a little adjustment. And again, this sounds really small, but it's hugely significant. So in our newsroom, we all sit with two huge screens in front of us, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is like lots of offices around the world, or maybe you just have one, but we've got two big screens. So I can't see anyone's mouths um, around me, apart from the two people kind of directly next to me. And in a newsroom, you will constantly have people talking to each other, just shouting, um, you know, one or two words. Oh, did you see that story? Or oh, I'm cutting those pictures, or I've got that interview. Oh, look at that. Um, and that's all going on around me and I can't follow it and that's a big problem because lots of little things are communicated like that in and around newsrooms especially when there's breaking news or things happening so I made a decision to actually sit a bit further away so the first thing I did was sit on a different desk when this first happened and the reason I did it sounds counterintuitive Intuitive, kind of taking yourself further away from the action if you if you can't hear yeah. but what that meant was that if anyone needed to tell me anything they knew that i wouldn't be hearing because i wasn't sitting next to them they'd have to come over and physically tell me oh this story is going in we're not doing that story now so that was like a safety net which um worked i think at the beginning and and likewise i would go over to the editor whoever's in charge that day and and say is there anything that I don't know? Or is there anything I don't know that I don't know? Like that Donald Rumsfeld quote, <laughs> uh, unknown unknowns, you know, and you feel a bit ridiculous saying it, but that's really important. And I try and do that. If there's a sense, I think there's a conversation's had that I haven't heard, I will go over and ask, oh, is there, any, is there anything I, I need to know? But long-term, um, I can't just go off and sit on my own. That isn't kind of sustainable. So now I do sit in my normal desk with, with everyone else. 
And there are times when people will shout and talk. And I just do a lot of standing up and sitting down like a meerkat. I pop my head over the desk as soon as anyone says anything anywhere that I think, oh, I might need to know this. I stand up directly um, and ask them to repeat it. And pretty much everyone knows, you know, it's a relatively smallish team, um, apart from the, you know, the new members that come through all the time. Uh, The other guys know. And so sometimes they'll come over and start speaking to me on my left hand side and I'll have to just, you know, look at them and smile and and then they laugh and realize oh yeah uh, lewis hasn't heard a word i've said and so we swap sides and, and they come around the other side and i can hear them um so it's kind of a very very low tech solution you know there's there are technology bits available that means i could put a microphone in the middle of the desk and and, and that some people use for, for meetings and stuff which i know are brilliant um but that's not quite applicable for me. So I've gone for the low-tech solutions, which is lots of standing up and sitting down and um, and telling people as well. I had two people talking to me at the same time, for example, um, a couple of weeks ago. Totally natural, as you would. It was a three-way conversation. And I just had to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't follow if both of you are talking. Um, and everyone's absolutely you know, great and, and, and fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm afraid I can't offer any massive insights other than my very low-tech <laughs> solutions, which so far have been, been working pretty well. Well, if, if the meerkat approach, if, if it's yes, working for you. Yes, the meerkat approach. I yeah. mean, I, I can totally get that because people are behind the screen and then if you're on the other side, you can't see them. And exactly. I can relate to that. I used to work in an agency in a marketing department and right. yeah, I actually did the meerkat approach or yeah. the, I don't know what you call it, the side approach. You know, when you just get the share and slide across. So you can the slide, the yes, you know, nice, the slide. You know, yeah, okay, I can the, picture you doing a nice slide across. Exactly, um, it's smooth as well. It's low-tech, <laughs> as you say, but it's a smooth way of doing it, you know? So I, I, I will, but, I'll trial that, I'll but, trial But that's that the thing, week. as you said, I mean, even for me, I can understand that, you know, not all technology works for everyone. And certainly for me, there are certain things it's just not going to work for me. But mm. it's a simple thing, isn't it? It's the face-to-face can see your lip you can you know it's good lighting it's not too many noise in the background it's a simple simple thing and that doesn't cost anything no exactly i I totally get that but then i have i have noticed as well because you know there are you know all these videos and articles that that's how i first got to know your your background and your in your hearing journey your hearing loss journey Mm -hmm. and you know it made me realize as well that you're quite vocal about it uh, now and i'm someone who has been very quiet about it even though i've been living with it for 30 plus years it's only really for me the past couple of years where i have really talked about it maybe here and there yeah. i've mentioned it but i've had my reasons whether it's because i wanted to fit in or i wanted to ignore it or i wanted to just you know as you say it's a trivial thing i just want to get on with it but yeah. recently i've become more vocal about it and i have my own reason because I want to share that message but why are you vocal about it why are you sharing your stories your journey your difficulties you know I'm, I'm curious to know from your perspective why are you vocal about it yeah well it's 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 interesting it's a pretty um uh it's not a dark reason um a pretty heavyweight reason um which I forgive me for going into it but basically I am like by nature I think very much like you I private i don't kind of talk about things generally certainly not about my personal life and and private life um 
which is slightly weird for for someone who's on TV for a living. But I think actually probably more common than you think. So it's not my instinct to go at all, go out and and talk about things openly. Um, but a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I are going through IVF, and we've been going through. IVF fertility treatment for years and that's very private and um, secret and all that kind of stuff and a few years ago my wife decided that she was going to just talk about it get it off her chest Mm -hmm. and it was transformational it may and so I would not have done it without her she led the way she pioneered and it felt so much better and easier to deal with with your close friends with your work colleagues with strangers with when it's all out on the open and and everyone knows about it and there's there's no secrets and that changed my approach to all these things so i'm going to thank my my wife hannah for this so that when the hearing stuff happened with me uh, a year or so ago it wasn't even an option i was like absolutely for just for purely selfish reasons i'm going to just be open and talk about it because i know that's easier for me to deal with it in that way yeah. and on top of that this it, 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 it struck me as absolutely extraordinary that there is, um, and, and certainly was, and still is, this taboo about people wearing hearing aids. You know, young people wearing hearing aids. Yeah. It struck me as utterly bonkers. Like it's there. I absolutely know it's there because I was kind of I was one of those people before. You know, if you hear people or see people with hearing aids, you you, you do kind of think, oh, are they a bit? Um, slow, slow do you need to you know it's a bit unsure you don't know what, what to do all that kind of stuff uh, it's a, a totally normal human reaction I was like you don't do that when you see people wearing glasses there's no need why why there should be any more taboo about wearing a hearing aid than, than wearing glasses you know I wish hearing aids worked as well as glasses that would be the only uh, thing I would like to see changed but um and so when that kind of you know that kind of realization hit me I was like well this is absolutely bonkers you know there's absolutely no no need for it to be like this and you know especially you know with younger people who they want to look cool you know they want to fit in they don't want to be wearing a hearing aid and blah 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 and so I kind of kind of think that I thought well you know I have a slight opportunity I'm on on tv and there's no can't be any harm in in being you know, just seeing more hearing aids on on tv being normalized you know I'm very rarely on tv talking about my hearing aid I'm talking about whatever's going on in the news and I thought well actually that's probably quite a a useful thing for for kids and and for people to see just it being a normal part of a young person's life if I can still call myself young I don't think I can anymore <laughs> kind of uh, 30s that's gone um so yeah kind of a couple of reasons really that that kind of selfish reason that it was easier for me to cope with and um and that kind of more public facing reason was like well got to get rid of this taboo it's bonkers that it's there in the first place I agree no, I agree, and I think even I've learned that the hard way. I'm thinking, what a f- silly thing to think about, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of I didn't want to wear it because I've X, Y, and Z or whatever. And and sometimes I wish I have started earlier, but at the end of the day, it's never too late to kind of just be more open about it and embrace yeah. it and talk about it. And this is this is why I wanted to talk to you and I want to talk to other people about it. It just to kind of, as you say, normalize it and just be you know, able to talk about it with ease and be comfortable oh, with yeah. it and make people aware that, you know what, if, you know, apart from a few minor adjustments, it's not that big a deal, you know, just, no. just you no. know, face-to-face and bright light and whatever and all these basic stuff, apart from yeah. that, we're good as gold. And of course, there are other people who are, you know, have a more profound, you know, hearing difficulty and, you know, they, yes. they use sign language and stuff like that. That's yes. a different situation altogether. And I 
totally get that. But I think, you know, in terms of, you know, me and you, we're kind of in that very tricky middle spot, isn't it? The hearing world yes. and then the more profound deafness. We were kind of in that middle bit, which is a bit yeah. awkward. It's a bit awkward at times, but as you say, why not talk about it? And uh, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you about it. It's great. I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty liberating. I mean, it's interesting. I'm I'm you know something that's happened actually in the last just the last couple of weeks for me. So this is still very new. Uh, but my my right eardrum is um, is you know which is my good ear is um, uh, collapsing. It's a bit dramatic, but it's uh, retracting at the top. Um, and it would normally be a you know a relatively straightforward procedure to go in and and uh, you know graft some cartilage on there and and, and repair the eardrum, uh, but no one will do it. Uh, no surgeon will do it because my whole hearing you know any hearing that depends on that right ear, mm-hmm. so they won't go in and they won't go in and do it. But it's only going to get worse, and that's a that's a strange position to be in yeah that you know a doctor telling me yep you're we're just going to monitor you as your your you know your hearing in your right ear goes down and down and down as this retraction gets bigger and bigger and bigger on your in your eardrum um uh, we could go in and do it but no one will because if anything goes wrong um you 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 lost both your hearing in both ears and and no one will kind of take that on um and that that's again a kind of you know philosophically as a we're just gonna no, it's not philosophically I mean, just emotionally it's just a a difficult thing to kind of deal with really and and, and because this is really in the, just literally in the last couple of weeks I, I'm still kind of processing that um, uh, and yeah and so I don't I, it's interesting I don't know where I'll be I suppose that's the that's the interesting part you know I had a bit of certainty when I got my hearing aid for the first time when I left I was like right I, knew, I know where I'm going to be. I kind of just adjusted to everything, um, and and now I will, you know, in the next couple of years, have to adjust to a kind of different kind of a, a reality. Whether that is a cochlear implant, um, which is what what it might be, um, which you know I don't know much about cochlear implants, but uh, from what I've read and seen, people um, seem to rave about them, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that it's kind of just that disconcerting. Um, yeah, I don't quite quite know where I'll be. So I'm, you know, I, I started learning, you know, British Sign Language in a pathetic uh, online kind of way, and totally uh, crashed and burned and failed to do that. And so I'm starting next week now a proper a proper course. You know, physically wow. getting out my house and going down and actually doing a proper course because. Um, you know, I may be in a yeah in a position in in a couple of years' time where where I will you know really need it rather than you know a kind of nice to have. Um, so yeah, these kind of little you know it's interesting for me that you know it's it's still developing for me and I'm still getting used to it. you know I just my my hearing aid is just not effective enough. It's 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 useful and it boosts the sound and I I will know more quickly. Um, if a truck is heading towards me, I'm going to kill me. Um, so that's useful. But I have so little hearing in my left ear that it doesn't boost uh, sound or speech or anything yeah. nearly nearly as well as it should. So my, my current doctor that I'm seeing now is, you know, he was saying, don't, you know, 
I, I'm amazed that you get any use out of the hearing aid because you're, you know, you've got so little hearing in there. Um, and that's why we need to look at um, the cochlear implants and all the other, you know, kind of options um, over the next, over the next, however, however long. Um, and, and, I, and that's to deal with the tinnitus as well, of course. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, I've got tinnitus in just, just the left ear. I've been, yeah, had it for a, a year or so now. Um, and yeah, God, first few nights of having that, I, I just thought I can't, I'm just not going to be able to carry on because I can't, mm-hmm. I can't live with my own brain attacking me with this high pitched noise for every day for the rest of my life. I just won't be able to live with that. Um, and you know, obviously you do make adjustments and, and you do, and I can go for periods now without noticing it. Um, but then as soon as I notice it, it's there you know, every night. As soon as I talk about it, like I'm talking about it now, and it's absolutely raging away in my, in my left half of my brain. And every night, it's there every single night when I put that head on the pillow. Um, you know, um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I think cochlear implants can help with that. And, but that's all up in the air. And, you know, this is all very very new i'm for, sorry i feel like i'm like i'm unloading i'm no, emotionally it's... dumping on you ahmed uh, <laughs> uh, for no reason at all so it's, i'll, it's I'll not, shut up I'll it's shut no up. problem it's no problem it, and the reason i'm kind of like nodding along is because i feel like it's a very similar journey that i'm on because i understand the emotion that you're feeling because i've had that news you know like last year or something where my hearing has dipped and the the audiologist looked at the graph and it says, well, yeah, it has dipped. And even though it was expected, I remember many years ago when I was a teenager, it said that it might happen in my 30s. Yeah. As, as soon as it happened, it it's a, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird mm. feeling. It's like, I can't describe it. I did get a bit emotional. And even listening to you, and even I'm talking about it, I feel like I'm getting choked up a bit. But mm. it, just the, it just felt really weird and thinking like, what does that mean now? And what does that mean in the future? And mm. I think... From maybe you know you, you probably agree with me actually. I think talking about it a bit more and being a bit more open about it has made it a bit more liberating. Yeah. And I'm the same as you in terms of right now. I'm actually also learning BSL. Ah, um, and it's fabulous. It's something that you know what I love languages anyway. But yeah. the more I um, thought about it, the more I realised it's actually even harder for me to learn languages because you can appreciate, you know, the listening a foreign language and you're trying to not only listen hard, but then you're trying to translate. It just, yeah. you're mentally just exhausted more than normal. So yeah. I love languages anyway. And I thought, you know what, if I learn BSL, that's a good thing for me anyway. But also I'm learning it to kind of future-proof myself. Yes, exactly. And I just don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Is it going to go down? Maybe. Is it not? Also maybe. But... I think you just have to kind of take that future in your hand and control it in a way so that you know what you're going to do if it does happen. And if it doesn't, at least you just continue as normal. So I can totally yeah. understand what you're saying. And even you know, right now, at the time of recording, in a couple of hours' time, I'm going to head out and uh, for the first time, I'm going to be in like a, a, it's a BSL group of people, but it's also it's a quiz night as well. Oh, brilliant. And I've never done that before, but I thought, you know what, let me just go out there and just try it and learn from other people, be around uh, deaf people who are obviously, you know, fluent in sign language and uh, just to be 
involved with that and just to learn and just to embrace it all that kind of stuff so that's why you know me hearing your story it just felt like not talking to a mirror but in a way you know just like kind of like I know exactly what you're going through so mm. I appreciate that and I think it's a it's a great way that you explained it and uh, I just find myself nodding along so yeah 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 well uh, well we, we need to touch base again once i've gone through this uh course and um and see how far i've come along you can test me oh, on my bsl to, i would love to even see that i would even, i don't know i'd just love to see you even incorporating that in your life because again this is a new experience for you it's only happened the last few years but mm. i i still i really do admire the way that you are kind of tackling the situation heads on and even though yes you have these challenges but i i really do admire how you conduct yourself on on tv and the way you do your job and all these things and it's also you know shown to people that who cares you can still do your job you can still get around it if you just do a minor tweak you can still keep going yeah and, absolutely. Uh, and, that's absolutely right yeah that's, that's why i want to share that message with everyone yeah. else yeah, no, absolutely right. I may be terrible at my job, but it's nothing to do with my hearing. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's I'm my gonna, message I'm not going to blame the hearing. Or I'm not going to blame anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even agree with you in that. I'm not going to agree with you in that. And so then, I mean, there's, there's like a, a list of questions that I want to kind of fire at you and just to get okay. your perspective. Yeah. So the first question, I'd like to ask you to everyone else. And one, one question that I want to start off with, what's the worst thing people have said to you about your hearing loss? Oh, that's a good question. I, I must be very lucky and surrounded by uh, very nice people. Right. I think the, the worst, the worst, actually, it, do you know what? The, the worst thing is, and it's not one occasion, it's quite often, is just that look people give you when they've said something and they're expecting a reply or they think you're being a bit rude or they think you're ignoring them or, or something uh, because they haven't clocked or they haven't realized or they haven't seen my hearing aid or, or whatever. So I, I, I get it quite a lot. I've got black hair and my hearing aid is black. So sometimes it's quite hidden and you, you might not notice it. Yeah. So I have it in shops or people wanting me to move forward in a queue or I was with an IT guy who was sorting stuff out and he said something and then he turned around and just looked at me. And you know, you know that look that you get when you go, oh, I must have missed something here. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that look is a kind of universal look of disgust, irritation, disappointment uh, from people who have spoken to you and you haven't replied to them. And nine times out of 10, it's followed very quickly with a look of utter remorse when you point to your hearing aid and they go, oh my God, oh my God. And they couldn't be more apologetic. Oh. I think that, that's the, that, that's the, the look rather than the words, I think. <laughs> I, I can kind of relate to that. Yes, I've seen that before. So then what, what do you think is, I have an idea what's the answer to this. What is the worst thing about being deaf slash hard of hearing hard of hearing oh, for me yeah it's it's missing out on those those yeah. close friends family little jokes moments and and yeah not only missing out on them but but that feeling that you're kind of slightly getting in the way of them or being mm. a bit slow or, or interfering with anyone else's uh fun and um yeah it's uh there's there's not a great deal i can i can do about it but yeah, yeah those, those moments are just a bit sad. Definitely. Not going to let down. So then let's switch it around then. What's the best thing 
about being deaf or hard of hearing? Uh, uh, and this is going to sound so cheesy, um, and I, I hate myself already, uh, but it's genuinely the people that I've met. Nice. The people that I've met at work who I wouldn't have particularly, you know, they work in different departments, and I wouldn't have particularly come across them. They've been fantastic. The um, charity events and stuff that I've been to, where uh, you know my first experiences of going on and, and meeting groups of deaf, hard of hearing people, um, and talking about the work they do and how they're helping people, and whether it's medical research or whether it's putting up uh, captions at theatre performances or where it's the latest bit of technology. Uh, this whole exciting world has been completely opened up to me in a way that, yeah, that I, I, I didn't obviously know, know it existed before. So I, I hate myself. It's a dreadful, cheesy answer, <laughs> uh, but it is all the lovely people. And, you know, just like chatting to you now, it's a great example. You know, I just, I just wouldn't have been doing this two years ago. Uh, and it's been eye-opening. It's been fascinating. Yeah, I feel very lucky. Yeah, that's not cheesy at all. I'll accept it. <laughs> I'll accept it. I love that. It's really cool. So then uh, the next question then is, uh, what advice do you have for hearing people when they are around deaf people? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Don't, um, yeah, I mean, the, the basics, obviously, if you're, if you're talking, um, look, make sure your, your mouth is, is visible. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, and this is slightly controversial, but I do want more people to kind of, you know, project from the diaphragm a bit more. Um, I've noticed a lot of people and I'm sure I was like it before, but you know, people tend to kind of talk a bit from up here and they don't project their voice very loudly. And so it might be a shyness thing or or just the way they're brought up thing. Whereas actually, you know, it's really helpful for me if people talk from down here and and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, the, the, the basics of talking nice and loud and and clear and talking, uh, so I can see your lips are just the obvious kind of basic things. And that's pretty niche, you know, that, that really helps for people like me and you, uh, and obviously it doesn't help for people who have more profound um, hearing loss. Um, but those so those two things, are, I'd say the practical things. And beyond that, it's just um, being slightly more patient than you would normally be. You know, it's just a little bit of, if, if you say something uh, and, and I don't hear, then, you know, I'm not being rude. I'm not being horrible. Um, I just haven't heard you. And I'm a bit of patience with that. You know, on the flip side of that, I'd say there is a chance I'm being rude and there is a chance I just don't like you and there's just a chance I'm ignoring you. <laughs> but that's the chance you've got to take. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd say, I think. I, I, I'm interested, you know, it's um, interesting what you said, the diaphragm bit. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. Mm. I never thought about that. It's just the way you project your voice to the rest of the world, to person in front of you i like that that's a good point yeah and and i think people should do it for their own selves you know sense of self you know it's really important you know you've got one spin on the planet you know kind of get out there and use your voice and make sure you're heard don't apologize for yourself all that kind of thing and um i've noticed it so much you know when when over half of you know when when your left ear goes and i haven't got brilliant hearing in my right ear you know suddenly now i'm really aware of it you know my wife because she's uh, you know, a news anchor, she's got a big booming voice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I've got quite a big, big booming voice. And so I've always kind of taken it for granted. Um, but I've got friends who really, yeah, just kind of um, talk to the floor, um, don't properly move their lips and all that kind of stuff. And it you know, comes from I'm sure, a whole variety of reasons. So, um, yeah, I would encourage everyone to just do a, a, a breathing course, an acting class or something and just get that voice out there. Because, yes, selfishly, it means I can hear you a bit more. 
but psychologically for you know for your own good and your own sense of self i think it's hugely important that people kind of yeah talk from the diaphragm and and project wow that's such a good advice i love that i love that and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do that that's brilliant that's really cool so then just the, the final two questions then is uh, just you know in relation to your job and i want other people to you know learn from your example what advice do you have for anyone who has some kind of hearing losses you know profound or not so profound what advice do you have for them if they also want to be a newscaster or newsreader or anything kind of related to that job? What advice do you have for them? Oh, very simple. I, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the last person in the world who should be giving advice to anyone on anything, uh, is my first premise. <laughs> uh, I don't, don't, don't like giving advice. Um, but, uh, you know, in one specific, I would say absolutely get in touch with someone who's going through something similar or has the same um, issues that you might have because you will be amazed you know if you're I've had a couple of people um, message me two journalists I went for coffee um, with one um, and it was it was it was a revelation you know just just coming forward and having the confidence to um, get in touch ping an email or a direct message on Twitter out of the blue and saying I would like to do this would you would you be able to help or would you be able to beat up or would you be able to do x y and z and the reason why it's such brilliant advice um that you know i'm stealing and passing off as my own advice is that people love to feel important and like they can help yeah so you know if you can message someone who in your field of work is do is doing well and and meet up and get them as an ally and, and build them up straight away as a key contact. That is absolutely the best thing you can do. And especially in journalism, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a journalist and, you know, part of the big part of the job is going up to strangers and, and asking them to give you your time. Mm-hmm. And that's a key core skill. So encouraging uh, anyone who wants to get into journalism uh, to do that, and specifically to do that with someone who is facing the same issues as you are, whatever those issues are, it can be absolutely anything, uh, is a simple, basic first step and will pay dividends. You know, I will go on throughout my career and, and these people who got in touch with me um, wanting to be journalists or, or in the industry and wanting to move over, um, I will kind of always have their back in a very small way, you know, for the rest of my career and that can't hurt anyone. So that's what I would say. Get in, get in touch, get in touch. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I mean, it's funny because, you know, I, my last question is about, you know, what advice do you have for anyone who is living with some kind of deafness in making the most out of their life? Because as you say, you know, we've been through a situation where you feel a bit down or you feel, you know, isolated and alone. And it's so easy to get trapped into that without, you know, really thinking, you know what, there are things that I can do around me. And that was going to be my final question. And you can, obviously, you can answer and elaborate more on that. But I feel like you've touched out already in terms of get, get involved with other people who are going through the same thing as you. And it, Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think it's so much easier now, you know, it's so much easier. Um, you, to, to build a network and to have confidence in what you're doing and confidence in the, that the people around you in your in your network uh, are, are, are got your back and are doing the right thing. It's so much easier to do now 
um, than it was even, you know, five, 10 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, I would, yeah, get out there, get out there and do it. And, uh, and as I say, I am the last person who should be giving anyone <laughs> advice. So you feel free to ignore everything I've said. That's the, uh, that's the final piece of advice I would give. <laughs> and we can round it up like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think a lot of what you said is, is amazing. And, uh, even for me, I've learned a lot and I've, I've, I feel a bit better about handling the situation and again just thinking about in a long term a short term what to do today what to do in x number of years and yeah it's about taking control as well and and I appreciate it and uh, you know just again I just want to thank you for sharing your stories and your and your advice even though you don't think they're good advice I appreciate it anyway <laughs> and um yeah, it's just been brilliant, and yeah, just thank thank for your time, and uh, and you know, I'd love for you to kind of round it up with uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or connect with you or anything yes. like that. Where is the best place for them to do that? Yeah, definitely. I um, mean, yeah, I'd really say that. So my Twitter is at L Vaughan Jones. So that's at L V A U G H A N J O N E S, and my Instagram is the same. Uh, and I would say, you know, absolutely get in touch. If there's anything that I've said that you like, dislike, uh, want to know more on going through the same things or friends and family who have, um, it's so much easier to to chat um, one-on-one. So uh, ping me a message um, uh, at L Vaughan Jones um, and I'll definitely reply. Awesome. And there you go. You have that at your disposal. So, Lewis, again, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much, Amar. Great to talk to you. Thank you, Lewis, for appearing on the podcast. I really appreciate it and I really enjoyed chatting with you. And I hope you listeners enjoyed it as well. And if you have, I would love it if you could leave a review on iTunes to let me know what you think as well. I would really, really appreciate it. In the meantime, I will speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Hear Me Out CC podcast, courtesy of hearmeoutcc.com. 